0: Humboldt Last Week. Hey, this is Humboldt Last Week. I'm Miles Cochran. This is a way to hear highlights from Humboldt's last week of news while you do stuff commuting, working, exercising, relaxing, choking on wildfire smoke, anytime. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. If you like this, please tell a friend. I love hearing from new listeners every week. And remember HumboldtLastWeek.com. That's the one-stop shop to listen and connect and check out some decent new music. Also, if you like Humboldt Last Week on Facebook, you get episode updates and localized content. A partnership this week comes from Ferndale Music Company with Grammy Award-winning bluesman John Hammond playing at the Old Steeple on the 21st. Did you know Jimi Hendrix was discovered while playing in his band? Here's something from Tom Waits. It says, John's sound is so compelling, complete, symmetrical, and soulful. Just his voice, guitar, and harmonica. He sounds like a big train coming. That's John Hammond at the Old Steeple in Ferndale on the 21st. Tickets at ferndalemusiccompany.com. And Bongo Boy Studio, they just wrapped up a studio upgrade and deep clean, making sure everything is working seamlessly. Musicians love that because it limits any retakes because of technical difficulties. They are dedicated to making sure a high-end recording experience is within reach of anyone who has a dream. Check them out at bongoboystudio.com. There was a deadly shooting on the Arcata Plaza, in front of the bars, after the cops heard about a guy with a gun over there. That's from a video at KimKemp.com. I'll read from the APD press release, preliminary reports indicate that as the police officers approached a parked vehicle, the suspect, a 26-year-old male with past felony convictions, got out of the vehicle and fired a handgun at the officers. So, an HSU police officer was wounded, but not fatally, and the suspect was shot dead by both HSU cop and an Arcata police officer. A gun was found at the scene. And that's all on the release. Somewhat conflicting info, I saw a Time Standard article where an HSU student was saying the man who was shot was not doing anything out of the ordinary before officers arrived, that cops came up on him, did not ID themselves, and then fired seven shots. But I saw Kim Kemp interviewed a witness who said the suspect appeared under the influence and made his way toward the officers. As is protocol in these situations, many agencies will be investigating. The mom who was arrested near Ferndale at Centerville Beach for trying to murder her 11-year-old daughter pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Did you see that? Back in June, people that saw this said the 45-year-old mom was talking about trying to get the demons out of her daughter during this brutal attack causing permanent damage to the girl. Luckily, John Marcial stepped in and probably stopped her from getting killed.
1: We all have to like look out for each other. We're not the biggest community, but we should be more looking out for each other.
0: That's from an earlier Humble Last Week interview I did with John. So, I see on Loco, a doctor says the mom is mentally fine right now, right, that she can understand her trial, but now she's saying she was crazy at the time of the attack, so a couple more doctors will take a look at that possibility, the possibility that she was temporarily insane. Well, the Dreamers have a lot of support in Humboldt, top local officials were quick to criticize Trump's decision to phase out DACA and Obama policy, protecting from deportation around 800,000 young undocumented immigrants in our country, mostly young adults who were brought here as children through no fault of their own. Such an open-ended circumvention of immigration laws was an unconstitutional exercise of authority by the executive branch. That's Jeff Sessions. Congress will now decide the fate of DACA recipients, also known as DREAMers. Congressman Jared Huffman called this reckless. Senator McGuire also said he'd fight this. And HSU President Lisa Rossbacher said the university will stand with their nearly 100 DREAMers enrolled in classes each semester. The latest round of applause for Humble from a large publication comes from the Sacramento Bee. Columnist Sean Hubler says, Humboldt may be the best place in the state to be climate-wise. Makes sense with all the heat and fires we've been dealing with in California. She wrote, Good weed, fresh salmon, colorful Arcata, historic eureka, and about the same latitude as New York City, Pittsburgh, and Boulder, a California climate refugee could do worse. Funny note here from this loco commenter with a Wizard of Oz reference. No, pay no attention to the community behind the Redwood Curtain. Well, the new remake of Stephen King's adaptation It has been getting good reviews You've seen the posters with the big IT, guess it's not a horror about the tech smarties keeping the computer network up at work, who knew So the Humboldt County Animal Shelter put out an It parody and the punchline was this pit bull not even being close to scary sweet pupper named Diesel, such a great video I'll post a link to the video at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Definitely check it out. Well, step aside the two out of hundreds of American Idol finalists that have actually had decent careers. A Fortuna High grad has made it to his third audition for American Idol. That would be 25 year old Dolan Lecklider. According to the time standard, he's a karaoke bar employee now in Portland. His friends, former teachers, family, and supporters donated more than 1500 bucks so he could fly to New Orleans for another moment in front of scouts. So Katy Perry is apparently going to be one of the judges this year. We'll see if he ends up performing in front of her. Are they really thinking about ending the Humboldt State University football program? Yeah, according to some sources. According to the Times-Standard, HSU's athletic director said in two separate meetings, he plans on either placing the program in a two-year moratorium or canceling the program altogether once the season ends. There is no official word from the university on this yet. It's disputed whether this decision will ultimately end up hurting or helping the university in terms of revenue. Two and a half million dollars. That's how much a jury said Humboldt County owes to a family after a man died at the jail. In this journal article, you piece together a homeless and schizophrenic man was on meth and put in a sobering cell alone, and he died in there. The ruling said three correctional officers failed to properly screen this man, and the county needed to train the officers better. The wife of one of the officers involved asked Kim Kemp to post her letter defending her husband's actions. She asked... Why was this not the fault of the man who did too much meth? I'm paraphrasing, but she said her husband, with 19 years of experience dealing with the most challenging of scenarios, followed protocol, had the man cleared by medical personnel, and never would allow someone to suffer in the way described by the opposing side in this trial. She hopes the county will appeal, saying the case and verdict were flawed. Here's part of her letter talking about the man who lost his life. You and I probably saw him downtown and crossed the street to avoid him, or we parked our car somewhere else to shield our children from him, or maybe someone recorded him and his antics to post on the Only in Humboldt Facebook page. It's become normal for Humboldt, particularly Eureka. Did any of us reach out to help him? If no, why not? Now, whether the county appeals or not, the Journal said the Sheriff's Office has already changed its policy regarding similar public intoxication arrests. So we're talking arson charges, salacious allegations, people that have been called slumlords. This story is a little wild, and here to talk about it is North Coast Journal Assistant Editor Kimberly Weir. Thanks for your time, Kim. Of course, Miles so real quick i'll do a little summary a woman who accused another woman of burning down a wing of the Blue Heron Hotel along 101 in Eureka may soon go to jail as well for the same crime. Uh, a cop at the pretrial hearing last week talked about a witness noticing how these two likely suspects were giddy and laughing when leaving the scene of the fire. Uh, then a judge said he'd heard enough to send this case to trial. So we're going to see more of this. Of course, the low light of all of this is this likely new suspect saying the fire was set because landlord Floyd Squires, a married man, did not make good on his promise to give the other suspect an apartment in exchange for, well, we've already heard what the allegation was. So, Kim, you actually got Floyd Squires on the phone, right?
1: I did. I did. I simply called his office, and uh, which I've done many times before. But in this case, someone actually picked up the phone.
0: Yeah, because you're probably not at a very high batter's average in terms of getting a hold of him on the phone for the first time.
1: No, not not very often. He he has spoken (laughs) with the media before, but uh, no, in this case, someone else answered the phone, and I explained who I was and the reason why I was calling, and he took my call.
0: So how did the conversation go?
1: It was extremely brief. Um, I explained that I was calling about the press release. He told me that he had not, in fact, seen the press release, I briefly explained what was in it. I also offered to send it to him so he could have a chance to look at it. Um, He declined that offer, but uh, simply said that uh, the accusations were unfounded and that he did not know the suspect.
0: So he denied offering up an apartment at any time.
1: What he said was that the accusations were unfounded. Very quickly got on the phone and referred me to his attorney.
0: Did you speak with the attorney?
1: I got an email reply from him, which was very brief as well, um, which is somewhat unusual for Mr. Bradford Floyd, but um, he said that he wouldn't be discussing it in the media.
0: So Floyd and Betty Squires, they've been property owners here for a long time. Uh, Ever since I've lived here, I think I've seen headlines with their names in them. Um, And I know you've covered them over the years, obviously, in your time uh, editing for the Time Standard and, of course, now, you know, at the Journal. What's your history covering them? And what have you seen, you know, as their history with Humboldt?
1: Well, the Squires have a very long history as property owners in Humboldt. Um, I think what's unusual is that actually um, they're kind of a household name and that's not something you would generally see. But they own some 200 rental units, and they've developed a reputation over the years, um, both for condition issues at their properties, but also for taking in tenants that no one else will. Um, so generally, the coverage has been when there have been issues between the cities and the squires over conditions at their buildings, um, and that's been going on for decades. In fact, um, if you go to the city, they uh, have a storage unit where they keep just the Squire's
0: files, because there aren't so many of them. An entire storage unit?
1: Well, not an entire storage unit. It would be uh, like a filing cabinet would be <laughs> okay. more appropriate. Um, okay. But there are definitely definitely dozens and dozens and dozens of files.
0: Oh, my goodness. And like, how long um, is their history with property ownership in Humboldt? How far back does it date?
1: Uh, it goes back, goes back to the 80s.
0: So regarding these recent allegations, um, you know, that came out in a police report in a Eureka press release. And that's something the cops later said they did not want out there. They did not want the public to know about it. And then you ended up speaking with someone who said that that could possibly lead to some defamation red flags.
1: Well, I spoke with a defamation expert witness, Nicholas Carroll, and what he was talking about was both... Um Mainly the information that was in the press release, um, but also that they sent out this full police report with it. And um, basically what he was referring to was the accusation itself being included in the press release, as well as the reference to Ms. Yoakam as a perpetrator in the arson, because um, at this point, she has not been convicted of a crime.
0: So you can't call her a perpetrator. You can't use that terminology. Right, because that's a reference
1: to that she had committed a crime, where at this point, in fact, when the the press release was set down, she hadn't even been held over uh, for trial
0: on the matter. At that point, she was simply a suspect. You've spoken with the city about that, right? What do they have to say about that?
1: You know, I spoke with Mr. Sparks, um, the city manager, about the potential liability involving the release of the um, police report, and the information that was included in their press release. And he basically said that he thought that the report spoke for itself and that Mr. Squires could deny the allegation. Um, when I did send a follow-up email in regards to Ms. Yoakum specifically, I, I did not hear back from him immediately. So I haven't spoken to him specifically about about her.
0: Well, what would you say is the likelihood, obviously this is pure speculation, what would you say the likelihood is that we will see a defamation case in relation to this incident?
1: Um, well, that's hard to say. Um, I think, you know, obviously I'm not an attorney, but I think a good attorney could make an argument um, that this particular accusation may have, they could certainly argue that it opened up both Mr. Squires and Ms. Yochum up to ridicule, and that would ultimately be something that would be up to a, a jury to decide if if a civil action were to make its way into the courtroom.
0: So here's a comment on your story. It's on the Facebook post in relation to it. It's from Nan Roberts. She wrote, "Defamation means what was said has to cause harm to the person's reputation. If said person has a good reputation, then this could cause harm. However, dot dot dot." Now, clearly, she's making a uh, you know a claim that potentially the squires don't have a good reputation. Is that fair for her to say?
1: Well, I mean, I think I think what we're looking at. Um is kind of uh, whether or not this person's reputation was lowered, um, regardless of where the, the starting point was. <laughs> right. So, I mean, maybe this person has a reputation, you know, had a reputation for being a cold-hearted jerk who hates puppies, but then when you take it to this realm of a government official saying, you know, they steal from kids' lemonade stands or something like that, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if that accusation then it lowers their reputation, um, that would be, you know, the circumstance we'd be talking about.
0: Okay, so you're not talking. You don't have to have a good reputation to be successful in a defamation case.
1: Well, again, I'm not an attorney, but um, you know, I don't. I don't think it's you know where a person's reputation started, but where it ends up.
0: Do you think that a uh, local media coverage on alleged slumlords has encouraged other Humboldt property owners to be not slumlords?
1: Well, I mean. I don't know that we have a large slumlord problem, per se. I think that the situation with the squire stands apart um, on a number of levels, and one of it being just the sheer number of rental units that they own, um, and also that in our tight housing market, you know, their tenants tend to be people with very few options. Um, but I think you could say that the city has definitely sent a message, I mean, a message that it's willing to play, to play hardball.
0: That's true. And you've seen, you know, the destruction of some of the uh, Squires' properties uh, in recent months. So I thank you so much for your your coverage, Kim. Is there anything else that you want to say in relation to this incident?
1: I think that there are just a lot of unanswered questions, and I think that um, this particular situation is still unfolding.
0: Thank you, Kim, so much for your coverage, and, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on what's going on in the journal okay well thank you once again i want to thank our episode partners ferndale music company with bluesman john hammond playing at the old steeple on the 21st and bongo boy studio find bit at BongoBoystudio.com. please do keep selling friends about the podcast love hearing from new listeners every week you can check out humboldtlastweek.com to connect and remember to check out humboldt last week on facebook for episode updates and localized content Humboldt Last Week is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Bye.
1: Humboldt Last
0: Week.